Wide receiver Trey Palmer made an impression during rookie minicamp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he wasn't the only one. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media, staff writer for BucksGameDay.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media, covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now you can find Locked On Bucks and the entire Locked On Network on the SiriusXM app. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks first listen or your first view today and every day. And a special thank you to our everydayers who are probably expecting to see James Yarko and Evan Klosky here on this WTSP Wednesday. But unfortunately, James is a little bit under the weather and because of scheduling, uh, just couldn't make it work for G- for Evan and I to get on together. So today I've got Logan Robinson of BucksGameDay.com here to share all of his thoughts and insight into the Buccaneers schedule, expectations and what he saw go down in Tampa during the team's rookie minicamp this past weekend. Joined now on the Locked On Bucks podcast by Logan Robinson on Twitter at Logan's Twitty, founder and owner of BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, also the founder and owner of Knoll Game Day. I know we have a lot of Seminoles fans in the Bucks Fan Nation, so make sure you're checking that out. And also check out UFC Knockout uh, as well if you're a MMA fan. Uh, make sure you're checking that out as well. So a lot of go, a lot of work going on for Logan, but we're here to talk about rookie minicamp because Logan, you were able to be on ground for Bucks game day uh, during the first day of rookie minicamp. Open to media, uh, representing the brand there. So if if there's, let's start off with one player, the most impressive, the guy that kind of stood out to you the most out of uh, rookie minicamp participants. I'm gonna go with Trey Palmer. Uh, there was two wide receivers overall, but this guy stood out to me the most throughout the day. Like I said, only there for the first day. Wish I could have been there a little bit more, but consistently making grabs. This was Palmer. He's wearing number 10 for the Buccaneers in his rookie season, but he was drafted in the sixth round. He was making some really nice grabs from some of the quarterbacks that were there that were trying out. And he he, he impressed with his route running crisp clean routes along with his hands making some acrobatic grabs over the middle off to the side to where the quarterbacks were having a off and on day i would say i know we were talking about in the production meeting but not not a stellar day throwing wise so the the wide receivers had a lot of work to do but you were able to tell who had nice hands and could bring down uh, the ball but yeah trey trey palmer certainly stood out to me as uh, as a playmaker that we're going to keep an eye on going throughout the rest of these camps this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Trey Palmer is someone like it's it's interesting. And actually, real quick before I go to that part, you talk about quarterbacks having an off day. Like obviously, as a quarterback, you want to be accurate, you want to be on time, you want to do all those things. But if you're a receiver or even a tight end, like you kind of mentioned, it can almost make you stand out, right? Like if you've got to make these adjustment catches and effort catches and all those things, like that could actually be a blessing in disguise. There's there's been some talking, and you know, there's there's a good side and a downside the comps right player comparisons and i think scotty miller uh, is a player that bucks fans have kind of been happy with a lot of people were confused why byron left which didn't use him more last year and now we bring in trey palmer to the organization for the buccaneers so the the immediate comp is going to be kind of that scotty miller and oh by the way he's wearing number 10 so that only helps uh, accentuate that 
where where do you see that that comparison kind of match and where do you almost see it it maybe mismatch a little bit well the buccaneers definitely want to add outside of their their star guys like mike evans and godwin but you know, I think Palmer, it could be a potential, you know, third option outside of the other guys. I mean, and there's going to be a good competition throughout this camp. Um, I think what the Buccaneers did and free agency grabbing some guys, one specifically like Rakeem Jarrett that could come in too and compete. He was one that stood out right alongside Trey Palmer, David. And I was over here with the roster sheet. That's how it is for, you know, how you do your coverage up there for the Washington commanders. And over here, I've got to pick up my rookie sheet and all the beat yeah. is like, okay, who's this, who's number, what's the name next to the number. And like, okay, okay. And then you start taking your notes, like a hey, nice grab, nice grab. Those two Trey Palmer and Rakeem Jarrett, they could be essential guys moving forward. And I think Trey Palmer is certainly ahead. The Buccaneers liked him drafting him later in this 2023 NFL draft, but someone that could, be plugged in definitely a nice depth piece but you know a lot of learning to be done and we've got to build some chemistry this is going to be a big quarterback camp too once we move forward with baker and kyle trask they're going to have to start building some chemistry with those quarterbacks and so it's a big it's a big camp overall for the wide receiver and qb duo but i really like how palmer stood out to us all throughout the day i mean it was series after series we had seven on seven you had one-on-ones and then we moved over to team and he made a few nice grabs there. The quarterback's deciding to go with him just because I think they learned earlier on in the day that this guy was reliable. And if my ball maybe isn't so accurate, he's going to come around with it. And he's got a good hands and he's got a lot of athleticism, too, with some speed. So, you know, we're going to keep an eye on Palmer. And I really like I said, Rakeem Jarrett is another player that stood out to me. And we'll see how well he's able to do to be able to hopefully maybe be able to stick on with the Buccaneers. Yeah, absolutely. Rakeem Jarrett, a Maryland product. So me being here living kind of in the DMV area, uh, there's a lot of excitement about what he might be able to do in the NFL from local outlets uh, around here. Of course, my question for Trey Palmer has been and will continue to be, how's he going to stay in the contact? And I think that's going to be uh, a big part of this equation moving forward. And if he can continue to do the same thing once he's allowed to get hit and once there's some real contact going on. Uh, another player that some people have talked about standing out during this rookie camp, Yaya Diaby, the outside linebacker, and we were talking about this a little bit beforehand. It's a little bit unfair because the offensive line doesn't really have their full their full tool set uh, at their disposal to stop guys like Yaya Diaby, but you understand that when you watch these practice, so you can take that grain of salt and still give an accurate kind of assessment on how he looks. So, uh, yeah, how did big number zero look for the Bucks in, in his first outing at practice? The Louisville product just initially when you first see him big boy yeah good size and so when you're able to add that onto a twitchiness and athleticism it it stands out even more and we were able to talk with yaya before we actually got to see him out there and perform on friday and this guy's got a lot of confidence um he's kind of down to earth he said that this rookie class is already building a lot of chemistry and he feels comfortable being down here in tampa but like you were saying earlier, it's hard to really dissect and analyze this position group until we get some pads on. At least give me some shells. I want to see some physicality come through them. And, you know, he'll say the same thing. I think Todd Bowles also was straightforward with the media saying, 
we're not going to fully evaluate everything until these guys at their position group that bring physicality definitely in the trenches or on the outside like Yaya will bring. We're not going to evaluate that until we put some pads on these guys. But yeah, just going off of just the metrics and his body type, the physicality that you're going to expect to bring. You look back at his tape at Louisville and that impressive season that he was able to have uh, this last year. It, it shows a lot of promise and for him to be out there and, and kind of causing some problems on the Bucks offensive line already is, is really good. But I really liked his interview. If you guys haven't yet, make sure you go check that out. That was from last Friday. And you, you can just tell what kind of characters that the Buccaneers organization is trying to bring in. And these guys are coming in with some confidence, but they're, they're really ready to learn. And I know we'll talk about Kalijah here in a few, but seems like these guys are all on the same page. It's not just a one time, one guy, all about me type of attitude, which is what you like to see for a team that is looking to bounce back. And you got to have a lot of buy-in. And Yaya is one of those leaders, I think, in that rookie class that is going to be doing that. More coming up with Logan Robinson of BucksGameDay.com on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and the calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. They taste so amazing. You won't even realize that they're good for you. They're covered in 100% real dark chocolate and come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. These bars taste like candy bars, but they have amazing macros, bringing you just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. And you can get them at your local Walmart or your local Sam's Club or on Built.com. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Go to the pharmacy section, and you can find cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you go to Sam's Club, you can find brownie batter puff and churro puff at Built.com. Right now, you can get in on the limited return of birthday cake puff and red velvet puff. So it's built.com, Walmart, or Sam's Club. However you get it, you got to try this. Thanks for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or your first view today and every day. Every day is greatly appreciate you coming through as well. Make sure you stay tuned here at Locked On Bucks. We will be coming through with more film watch episodes as we go through the rest of this year's rookie class and get our depth charts uh, organized and set only for the coaching staff to come through the next day and tell us that we got it wrong. But that's what they're here for. Back now to our conversation with Logan Robinson as we dive into the rest of this year's draft class and how they performed at Tampa Bay's rookie minicamp. Logan Robinson, founder and owner of BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation on Twitter, at Logan Sweet. Joining me here today on the Locks on Bucks podcast. So, Logan, some guys doing some good things at rookie minicamp, but kind of like we've talked about, like you've mentioned already, uh, it's it's a first exposure, right? It's a first it's a first impression, and even that first impression, there, there's still there's still you know I wouldn't say that's the final first impression. It's kind of a, an ongoing uh, introduction to these players as we move forward through OTAs uh, and then into training camp. So a lot more to learn about these guys. But let's talk about you. Kind of mentioned Kalaja Kansi, first round draft pick. Let's start going through this draft class a little bit deeper. What were your first thoughts on seeing Kalaja? Because we know. That size, right? Like everybody's saying, yeah, you know, talented, fast, aggressive. Yeah, but the size, like that's going to be the yeah, but until he shows the NFL that that's not a yeah, but that needs to be talked about. So uh, I don't know how you do it. Sometimes I'll see you guys and and uh, if I think they might be a little bit small for their position, I actually make sure I stand next to them. I'm kind of like, okay, let me kind of gauge you. And I know what I I know what I, how I looked when I stood next to Vita Vea. So let me see how I feel when I stand next to you and kind of compare the two. What were uh, what were your first impressions of uh, of the first round pick? 
Yeah, I've actually had a chance to stand next to Vita Vey, and I'll tell you what, I do look, I, I feel a lot different about myself. I thought I was big, I thought I had some good size, but now I really don't. I think his calves are as big as my thighs. But uh, yeah, Kalijah, shorter guy. That's your initial thing that you get from him, but he's fast and quick. I know every NFL draft analysis uh, analyst talked about him in that way, shape, and form also on our site. David, we really went in and dialed in on what he's going to bring to the Buccaneers, his pros, and maybe some work that he needs to get done. But, you know, the attitude that he brought, at least when we first got to talk with him in person on Friday, he listed three things that he wants to work on and, and, and bring to the table since arriving. He wants to learn, engage, and then execute he wants to execute all of these things that he's learning and also engaging with some with some of his new players he wants to learn everybody's names you know there's a lot of things outside of just the football field that he's wanting to do and i think that's a great thing to hear coming off of a first round pick but just physicality wise i like to kind of compare him a little bit to a guy that i know we have a lot of florida state listeners that listen in but timmy jernigan who won a 2013 national championship with florida state was one of the top prize recruits coming in for jimbo fisher was always a shorter guy, but absolutely powerful and causing havoc getting to the quarterback and allowing a lot of the other guys around him to perform and bring pressure to the backfield. And I think there's a, there's a comparison here with Kalijah, but just the presence that he was bringing onto the football field on Friday, you could tell this guy is here to work. He came in great shape. Everything that we heard from interviews from our first media interview after he got drafted uh, on that Thursday night to hearing from him and then seeing that execute, like he's been saying, execute onto the field is everything you love to see from a first round pick. And I'm interested to see now the differences from Logan Hall last year. And we're going to see Kalijah Hall. And I'm interested to see is, is Kalijah at that step or even a step ahead? I don't know. It's way too early to tell. And we talked about earlier, I want to see the pads. I want to see him go against this offensive line and see how well he's going to be able to execute against a veteran like Ryan Jensen in the middle. He's going to go against fellow rookie member with Cody Mock. So there's a lot of things that I think early on you're going to like. And you know, the one thing that we'll talk about a lot is maybe his size with his, his height. But the Bucks made it clear when we heard from them they want to bring pressure and this is something mm -hmm. that can't see <laughs> going back to pittsburgh film he caused he caused big time problems for offensive linemen in the middle there and that's exactly what they're mm -hmm. going to want out of can't see yeah absolutely a lot invested in this pass rush for the for the tampa bay buccaneers so if kalijah hall joe charyan shoinka shaquille barrett coming back like if they can if they can bring a return on that investment this year uh, and even those those more experienced guys take another step forward. That'll certainly help uh, any situation. Uh, now we kind of talked about offensive linemen. It's kind of hard to get a beat on these guys so early on in these these rookie mini camps at OTAs and all that stuff. So we know Cody Malk is impressing with his personality all over the place, and of course, you know the the affinity that everybody has for Ryan Jensen. You naturally transfer that over to the flowing red locks of Cody Malk. But I really want to ask you about Servasier Dennis. So again. He's a, he's a thumper, right? He's a guy who's known from from coming from Pitt as a guy who likes to put hits on people. You can't hit guys at rookie minicamp, especially your own teammates. Even when you can hit a little bit, you really don't want to hit too hard, too hard against your own guys because you kind of need them to be healthy. But the thing that I really want to know about his range, how much did you get to see Servasi Dennis? I know there's a lot, there's 60 guys out there, and like you said, you see a guy make a play, and you're kind of checking the roster to make sure you know who you're talking about. So how much did you get to see of Servasi Dennis running around the field and and how do you feel about kind of his fluidity playing as an off-ball linebacker? 
I'm glad you said range because he's a guy, long arms, long legs, and he's came here with the purpose, a little bit of urgency mm -hmm. too. I mean, I think he wants to step in and learn from the veteran linebacker group and, you know, we'll see what goes on with Devin White. But the guys outside that, like Levante David, he wants to come in and learn around them. And that's something exactly what the Buccaneers need. And if they can be able to develop him into something where, you know, just depending on Levante David's future, you have a guy that is young and that is homegrown in your organization that you can keep around, which the Bucks like to do. If they can keep him around, that'd be huge. And being able to develop him is going to be key. But you can see the range whenever he's out in coverage. Uh, I think he did have a PBU on the day I was there on Friday. It just goes to show that this guy can be versatile in a lot of different ways. Yeah, he can be physical. He can hit. But we saw it off of tape uh, in Pittsburgh. He, he can move around and he can utilize in different ways. And on Friday, I think just watching him go through 11 on 11s, a little far away, so it's kind of tough to see at times. But you grab the binoculars, and he's a guy that could go east to west pretty quickly. And in today's game, yeah. you've got to have that definitely with the offenses and these offensive coordinators that are changing things up on you and moving around. Uh, Dennis, Dennis will be key for that, but it's just going to be able to, I think, a little bit of patience with him, but things will things will work right. I just really like the urgency that he's came into and listening to him and through a couple of the interviews and him out onto the field. You can definitely tell a guy that came in shape. A lot of these guys have so far, which is impressive, which is nice. But the urgency part of Dennis is what's going to be a pivotal factor in him getting better and hopefully being able to jump into that rotation and get some good, good experienced PT in 2023. Absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting because you know, we read a lot about these guys and I read some scouting reports on Servassier that kind of said his range was a little limited and that might be a weakness of his. And then I turn on the pit tape and I start watching him. I'm like, I, like, uh, I mean, I'm not an NFL scout, but this guy looks like he's got some decent range to him myself. And then, you know, I'm on the Pewter Report podcast on Monday and I asked Matty Materia, we were, we were talking about, it. he said, he liked the range. You like the range. So, you know, I think that I think this might be one of those situations where, look, you know, nobody's perfect and we shouldn't, you know, uh, try to crucify anybody for getting something wrong. But I think this guy's got uh, the range that maybe the Buccaneers have been looking for. And, you know, we, we, we all kind of came in wondering, you know, K. Dotton playing at tight end, had a really solid rookie season. They flashed a lot of talent, showed some some certain potential. But then you got Co'Keefe in there. Cam Brate's gone. Rob Gronkowski isn't coming back. If Tom's not here. So it was kind of like not so much if the Buccaneers are going to add tight end depth to to the room, but so so much when they end up going with Payne Durham out of Purdue. Uh, now we were texting back and forth uh, earlier here in the week, and you mentioned to me that Payne was was a guy that that stood out to you as well. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, he was David. It was funny last year. I remember texting y'all and being like, "Coquie is catching a lot of balls," and yeah. he didn't do that a lot at his previous uh, stop and on the college side. But with Payne, you're expected. This guy is expected to catch. He's expected to catch a lot in the red zone. He's expected to catch a lot of touchdowns. And like you were saying earlier, David, it was really nice to see Kate Otten. The way that he was progressing and progressing and ended up being one of Brady's favorite go-tos throughout the season was huge to see. And you're going to expect some more growth, even bigger growth going into this 2023 year. And you're adding Payne Durham, who was able to see him on Friday. We talked to him as well. He's going to wear number 87 like Robert Gronkowski did here with the Buccaneers. He made a really nice snag. I think that's when I texted you guys off to the sideline, mm -hmm. was able to get two feet in, but it was an awkward throw again from the quarterback. But he was able to bring it down and stay and keep his feet in and run up the sideline. And uh, it, it gives you a sign of good hope 
You know, that's what you want from a tight end. You know, he's going to be expected to block as well. But, you know, the Buccaneers want to add tight ends that can make some make some plays in this offense because you've got two quarterbacks are, that are expected to start, you know, Baker Mayfield. It's going to be his first time. Yeah. If he does win the job, his first time starting with the Buccaneers. And Kyle Trask, this will be his first start being as a Buccaneer quarterback. So tight ends is going to be essential throughout this camp alongside with the wide receiver room, building chemistries with his quarterback room. But I really liked what I saw out of Payne. I like his mentality coming in. The funny thing is we've been talking about it along the beat here in Tampa. A lot of these players have ties to like St. Petersburg and Tampa. It's kind of weird. So these guys coming over to the Bucks facility, this is nothing new. Them being right by Raymond James Stadium, David, this is they're all comfortable. So they're just here to work and get after it. So, um, you know, Payne is one of those guys, has family ties over to St. Petersburg. So he's his family was ecstatic that he got drafted in this area. And, you know, we're going to continue to keep an eye on him, but he's another guy. I want to see the pads on him and see how well he goes against some of the linebackers. And like we were just talking about with Dennis, I want to see how he and those two go against one another. Wrapping up with Logan, talking about the schedule and what he expects from a Buccaneer squad that, quite frankly, Everyone outside of Tampa is just not very high on. That's coming up next on today's episode of Lockdown Bucks. Founder and owner of BucksGameDay.com, part Sports Illustrated's fan nation, Logan Robinson, joining us here on Lockdown Bucks today. Find him on Twitter at Logan's Twitty. Uh, let's turn. Let's turn real quick to some players that are on the roster that are coming from last year's roster, uh, still with the team. Recently, Good Morning Football mentioned, I know it's up on BucksGameDay.com as well. They mentioned uh, it was Peter Schrager, specifically picked Rashad White as his breakout running back uh, of the year this coming season. Even said that he thinks he'll be a top 10 rushing yards uh, getter from the running back position. Um, So James and I here on Locked on Bucks yesterday's episode, we went ahead and identified our own breakout players. Uh, I went with quarterback Baker Mayfield, which was a surprise to a lot of our everydayers here on this show because I wasn't really fully on the Baker train. Uh, before he got here, but you know, now that he's here, it's it's our job to say, okay, how can this work? Not continue to say, well, I wanted to be right, so I'm going to continue to bag this move just so I can make myself feel better. Who do you think on this Buccaneers roster, uh, if you can identify one, could be a breakout player for for this season for this year's team to help you know Todd Bowles save his public opinion or perception uh, out there, and for Dave Canales to be a successful offensive coordinator his his first year out, if it's an offensive player even. I think who we were just talking about, Kate Otten, just because of the essential need for a tight end to be productive in this offense. Yeah. I do believe, I think Schrader, uh, Schrager's right with Rashad White. I think that he's going to have some success. I I think with Kate Otten, we saw it last year, but then you also saw a total wreck on offense some games where you know yeah. we were in the group chat wondering what in the world is happening. You know, most plays That's you're true. seeing Tom Brady throw it into the dirt. And, you know, you've got some times where Kate Otten's in the open field and we're like, well, okay, well, that stinks. Couldn't get it to him. But you saw some signs where I think he's due for a breakout season. There's a lot of young tight ends across the league that I think are going to make some big time strides. And I, I want to put Kate on in one of those one of those groups, honestly, because the way that he was able to show us and essential or and, and big time situations making grabs and was a reliable target for Brady Mm -hmm. it's going to be the same way for whoever is out there at quarterback if it's Baker or Kyle Trask and I think that's going to be big for them to build this chemistry uh this offseason and we'll see that hopefully 
here soon um, in OTAs and once we get into obviously training camp, which is going to be massive. But I, I'd go Kate Otten for this, and I think Buccaneers fans should be keeping a close eye on that because if you can add in that, we've already talked about Coquip, and then you add an end uh, pain you've got mm-hmm. something kind of to work with here because out of nowhere, we weren't expecting Coquif to be a pass catcher for the Buccaneers. <laughs> not like he was nonstop in the game plan every week, but when the Buccaneers wanted to make some plays and needed to get it first down, they went with Coquif a few times. And that was really something that stood out to me and I wasn't expecting that. And we also got to now understand we've got a new OC in Tampa. With Dave Canales, we've got a lot of things that it might be a little bit different, but uh, the Bucks are going to want to run the ball, and we're going to see how that works out with a tight end that I think is going to make the next step in year two. Uh, I'll tell you right now, like I left James's pick off of the list I read to you because I didn't want to take away too many players, and I had a feeling that you probably weren't going to go with Baker anyway. I tend to be an outside-the-box thinker on these kinds of things, uh, and he actually picked KDOT as well, so he's going to absolutely love hearing you uh, say that he is correct and he's going to rub it in my face the next time that we talk that you picked the same guy that he picked and not the guy that I picked. And that's okay because I love Kate Otten as well. So it, it makes me happy if that happens too. Uh, but let's talk about the schedule because these guys are going to be breakout players. They're going to do it during right the regular season. This isn't going to be a camp thing or a preseason game. It's going to have to matter when it counts the most. Uh, and I want to get your impressions of the overall schedule. But first and foremost, I want to ask you about the prospect of starting on the road in Minnesota, this is a team that won 13 games last year. I contend that they're not really a 13-win team. They're just a team that won 13 games. You know, some people will tell me I'm wrong, and you are what your record says you are, and that's fair. But what do you think about that opening day matchup, and then uh, what are your impressions of the overall schedule? They've got a, a crazy stretch starting off with the Vikings. That's going to be your first game on the road for a new quarterback in this system, new OC it's going to rely a lot on this defense, I think, first off. Um, and going with the Vikings, like you said, a team last year that somehow found ways to win games but was never sold on them going through the playoffs. And I think that was a lot of our – we're on the same page there, David, on that. But then you got the Bears coming in who you're hoping – the Bears are hoping for this got to be a year to show some answers. They're, they've got to make some kind of splash. And then – you know, you've got you got the Super Bowl guys coming in with the Eagles. And luckily, I, you have that at home, which will be nice. But I think that first four game stretch, because you're your fourth, your fourth game, you have an in divisional game with NFC South rival Saints on the road. So you're I'm, I'm just like wondering the storylines here for the quarterback room on how they're going to handle this. And you're going to find a lot of answers That's maybe that's a good thing, at least in your first four games, you're going to find who, if you pick the right guy, absolutely, but it's not the easiest stretch whatsoever. I mean, you could even go to your fifth game with the Lions coming in, their team that had a big draft, had a nice season last mm-hmm. year with progress there. So it's not the not the easiest start for the Buccaneers going through this first half of the season whatsoever. Yeah, no, I think, I think that week one through four stretch was actually the stretch that I identified as being the most difficult stretch of this schedule just because, like you said, the way that it starts out and the teams that you're playing and the implications that are going along with it and all those things. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely an, an interesting start to the season. I mean, it really, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Like if it's, if it's one and three, and we're saying, oh, this is just a terrible start and that rough schedule really you know, impacted them. But if they're three and one, hey, man, you go into that bye week feeling like you can, you can conquer the world potentially coming out. Uh, starting in, in week six. So 
a lot of outside perceptions about this team, national perspective, you know, that this this is just not going to be a very good team. I call it the anti-Brady effect. It's the opposite side of the coin where once Tom Brady is gone, none of your players are talented. And there was no talent on this roster to begin with before Tom Brady existed. And that's kind of where people are putting the Buccaneers right now with pretty much everybody, including, I mean, FanDuel is is, is one of our partners and we love them to death. They've got the Bucs with the, the worst odds to win the NFC South. Do you think... Do you, if you, if you had to rank, and again, there's a lot of team building still left to go and a lot to see of these teams, but if you had to rank the Buccaneers right now, where they are roster wise with the Carolina Panthers that are starting with a rookie quarterback, the Atlanta Falcons who are starting with a second year, third round quarterback, that they're not even sure they want to commit to. Uh, and then the New Orleans Saints who are hoping to revive Derek Carr's career. Where do you, where do you put the Buccaneers right now? Objectively? I keep things real. I don't know. We do this on our FSU podcast because we're there we're able to see how the team chemistry is going and we've seen been able to cover FSU turn from something not so great to something now where they're going to be fighting for an ACC championship a national championship that had to do with behind the scenes locker room that needed to change Mm -hmm. when I went to practices when I was at training camp when I was at the games you look at the locker room this team was not on the same page whatsoever and I don't know if that had to do with Tom Brady and all of the drama stuff and the divorce stuff going on in the back end. But when you're a star player, also the star player of the NFL, your leader in the locker room is having to deal with a lot of these distractions and yeah. also the team not playing well. There wasn't a lot of continuity. And in football, you've got to have that. You can't just have offense playing good one week. You got the defense playing good one week. Every team's going to bring it. And this team felt like it was filled with too, too many distractions. It was atrocious. And you saw that there was like barely any fight in a game until maybe the fourth quarter when they really wanted to play. Like, okay, right. cool. We'll play for a little bit here. It, it was it was pitiful. And you also had uh, you had a lot of offensive play calling that was questionable in a little different ways, definitely starting off. And you saw some changes later on in the season, but it was too late. They didn't want to make any changes. I think this team now hopefully is able to build some kind of need to hit the reset button and build some chemistry with one another, one another, get to know each other. And I think that's where you're going to see this rookie class come in and play and might help that even more. I think this team is going to play better than they did last year. I already think that Brady's moved Mm -hmm. on. That is that distraction. I don't think he should have even came back for another year. It was obvious. There was no reason for that. It was just to come back. And there's a lot of ego to Tom Brady. That's how he is. That's how it always will be. And it kind of sucks that he put that onto the Buccaneers to have a scene. Not, not saying that the defense didn't have its ups and downs, but the defense had some consistency and there was yeah. some things with Leftwich and Brady that just didn't look right in this offense. And yeah, you had a few splashes here and there, but we didn't see Mike Evans sometimes for four weeks in a row. I mean, that, that, it, that can never happen with one of your top wide receivers, one of the top underrated still wide receivers in the league that is that should never happen whatsoever so and definitely with talent around you there's no excuses you had Rashad White a guy that was playing well Leonard Fournette was a guy that you could plug in here and there but you got to put in Rashad White because he's giving you better production I could go on a whole rant here but I just think first off this team is going to be better because Mm -hmm. of building chemistry with one another holding each other accountable I think the only distraction right now is Devin White and what he's going to decide to do or what's going on here with the contract and negotiations and all that. That's the one distraction that I think stinks, but I think that's going to eventually be figured out and ironed out. It's just got to get on the same page. And this team is going to feel a lot better and play better than what I saw last season. 
Absolutely. Talking rookie mini camp for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers NFL draft class schedule reactions and a little bit of what to expect from the 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hopefully a little bit of an improved product, which is weird uh, when you consider that a legendary future Hall of Fame quarterback just left your your squad that you would think that could be that. But I mean, look, everything you said is fair. Everything you said is, is accurate. It certainly felt like a team last year that was just, like you said, not on the same page, not marching uh, in the same step. And if they can get into step this year, then certainly could see a better product. And we will have Logan Robinson, founder and owner of BucksAmDay.com, Park Sports Illustrated's fan nation on Twitter at Logan's Twitty, back on the show regularly this season, this offseason, and into the regular season to discuss everything going on. Also, check out Noel Game Day and UFC Knockout as well if you are a fan of the Florida Seminoles or of uh, MMA. Logan, appreciate your time, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, David. Thank you for having me. Special thanks once again to Logan Robinson, owner and founder of BucksGameDay.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Uh, also appreciate all of you. Bucks fans are coming through, making Lockdown Bucks your first listen or your first view today and every day. Every day is Keep it tuned in. We will be back later this week. Uh, I think it's just me back for the rest of this week. So we will come back with uh, even more Buccaneers news analysis and rumors as they come. Drop your comments, your questions below on the YouTube uh, comment section or hit me up in email form via LockedOnBucksPodcast.gmail.com or in the Twitter DMs at LockedOnBucks. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation until we speak again if you're out and about please be safe be kind to one another fire the cannons and thank you for joining me right here on locked on bucks part of the locked on podcast network your team every day